This is episode 162 of the Relate Podcast on our relationship with money with Brian Witzkowski. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to another episode of the Relate Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I am excited to share this episode with you all. Today, we are talking about our relationship to money. This is a topic that we have not covered in the Relate podcast before, but I am very excited to dive into this concept. We talk a lot about our relationship to each other, our relationship to ourselves, to technology, of course, but it's so important that we also develop a relationship with how we use money, how we manage our finances, So today we have Brian Witzkowski joining us on the show, and Brian is the founder and CEO of The Lucrative Artist, where he offers boutique business coaching services designed to accomplish authentic income for artists. This is a great episode where we dive into a variety of different concepts. We talk about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset when it comes to money. We talk about finding your unique strengths and skill sets to provide them to people as a service to provide value to people and attracting money in that way. We also talk about Brian's eight perspectives to money, these characteristics that inform us on what our habits with money are like and how we could utilize that in our relationship to money. Brian also talks about giving yourself permission to earn more money, being of service, and not being afraid to put yourself out there. If you like this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. I would love to know what you think. What is your relationship to money like? How are you looking to improve it? If you have these questions, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest, Brian Witzkowski. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Relate Podcast. Today, we have my friend Brian Witzkowski joining us. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the Relate Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, We had the opportunity to connect on my other show, ActorCast, not too long ago where uh, we talked about the uh, essentially how artists need to be using or, or developing mindset around money, around finances. And I think this is a very valuable conversation to have on this show as well. We talk a lot about our, the importance of relationships in a variety of different uh, facets on this show. And I think talking about our relationship to our money and finances is sometimes a taboo topic. Sometimes people don't want to talk about it, but I think it is really important that we we develop a cohesive understanding of how how we relate to our money 
Uh, obviously, money is something that is really important. So I'm excited to have you here today to dive into this conversation. I'm thrilled to talk about it. It's definitely something where I've had to learn about the hard way. And, you know, we all have a love-hate relationship with it. We love what it can buy for us, but we hate the work we have to do sometimes for it. And there's just, you know, there's a lot of scarcity thinking that goes around in the world, even though it can be a renewable resource. It's after air and water, the third most important thing you need in life is money. And the only thing is you get it through people. And it's about figuring out how you can be of service and, you know, put yourself in a position to earn more. And also, you know, allowing yourself the fact that once it's money that flows is money that grows and, you know, prosperity can be here for all, but we have to take a different approach to it than sometimes how we've been raised with it and how we've been, you know, taught to think about it. And especially in the arts and other areas where people are traditionally underpaid and we glorify being starving artists and so forth. So it's definitely something that we got to keep talking about and, you know, have a healthy relationship with. Yeah, I'm wondering if we could start there, actually. What are some of the biggest pitfalls that we fall into when it comes to our relationship with money? Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's almost like scarcity begets scarcity, but abundance can beget abundance kind of a thing. Like you're either, you hear about the gap between the rich and the poor growing, and in some ways that's true, but it's also, it's like one side stuck on the floor, the other side just keeps on going up and up. And it's one of those things where once you it's like earning money is almost like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, you don't lose the skill. But it's one of those things where we're not really taught. We're not taught how to do sales. We're not taught really that it's okay to ask for more. And even though we have things like inflation and other topics that you know keep on coming up and there's so much crazy hysteria about it in the news, but it's just something that has happened in our economy the past hundred years where prices just keep on going up and we're not always keeping up with our pay. And sometimes it's a matter of standing up for ourselves and not being afraid to say no and walk away from that job that doesn't pay, but also, you know, realizing that there's a, we have to not be afraid to also charge more for our worth with the services we offer. So to keep on, you know, having a healthy relationship with it from that perspective. Do you think that part of it is that people don't think about or prioritize money as much as they should? Partly that also, especially in America and lots of in Western society, since the industrial age, we've kind of industrialized how to approach our lives and we you know, expect to just have that safe, secure nine to five job with guaranteed money. And we don't, you know, we, we yearn for that. We don't yearn how to position ourselves to, you know, gain that skill to bring it into our life without needing to be at the mercy of an employer that may or may not keep us for the rest of our lives. So we're kind of, we're still coming out of that paradigm and we're kind of moving into a new paradigm where we're all on our own, but at the same time, we also have opportunity to, you know, create things that otherwise weren't here thanks to the internet and so forth. So it's a totally different world. And you know, certain things, you know, some th aspects of pay haven't kept up, but they're also, there's a lot more opportunity nowadays too. I like to t say that you can't have a misfortune without there being a fortune somewhere to be found in it. Yeah, I, I, I really like how you put that a lot. And it, it, it seems like a lot of it's a, a matter of mindset. And as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, we talk a lot about relationships on this show. And so I'm wondering if you could describe exactly like, what, what do you mean by a relationship with money? Because in some ways, I'm, I'm sure obviously this is different than, you know, a relationship with a loved one or, or a friend or, or even your relationship with yourself. So, so what do you mean by developing a relationship with money? Yeah. Let me take you through this little exercise here, actually. So think of something or someone that you have a sacred or deep connection with in life and, you know, someone who holds a place in your heart. And, you know, right, it could be a name, it could be a pet, a, a loved one, 
and then write down some qualities that have to do with that person, like come up with a list of eight to 10, and now take that person and substitute the word money for it. And then basically what's missing from your relationship with money that you had with this person or this um, thing or the, this pet or something else. Cause um, that's basically, that can give you some insight as to how you think about it. Cause so often we, we just, we hate money cause we don't have it or we hate it cause we never have enough of it. And it's, you know, there's something weird about it where it just, it, it's attracted to people who, you know, respect it and put it keep in its place. But it's also, it seems to be repelled to people who are desperate for it. So it's a, it's a different kind of, you know, approach we have to take to it. But we can't, you know, we don't want to hate it. And, you know, it's kind of like if money was an actual person, you say, I hate money. And, you know, why would, want to, why would money want to come to you if you say you hate it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think you bring up a good point, too, about how there's a lot of stigma towards money as well. There's a lot of stigma towards people who make a lot of money. Sometimes they're seen as as evil or, or greedy or whatever it may be. And that that sort of mindset doesn't really, really serve us very well. And you have this, this system that you use that we were talking about before uh, hopping on the recording with the, the eight characterizations regarding our relationship with money. So I'm wondering if you could share what these eight characterizations are. Yeah, so I, what I got certified is called Sacred Money Archetypes, created by a lady named Kendall Summerhawk, founder of womenincoaching.com. And even though it caters to women, most of my clients happen to be women and I was raised with four sisters and in the arts here you know, around people where basically the system works and it's very, it's effective way to kind of help with how we think about how we characterize ourselves with our roles and so forth. And it's a fitting way to think about how you study things. So basically there are eight, you know, characterizations or some call it languages of money and eight perspectives that you can kind of take as far as how you approach money. And, you know, there's, um, they can kind of be divided into hard and soft where there's some people who are very price, you know, dollar amount or measure amount you know, oriented and how they think about things. And then there's another side where people might be more emotional and they don't care about the actual dollar amount. They care about the results that they're getting or something else, you know, that's not necessarily, you know, relevant to the dollar amounts involved. So, but there are four, but there are basically eight of them. And one of them is if you're a nurturer where you basically, you know, you, you have like gifts, strengths of giving and being devoted and reliable and so forth. But you also might have challenges where you feel the need to rescue people or you might, you know, feel like you're becoming a martyr or whatever. And then another one is a um, accumulator where you might basically kind of be a penny pincher. You might be like that, but at the same time, you're on top of where every penny is going. So that can be a strength. And another one's ruler where you have leadership skills, but you also might be a control freak. And another one's connector where you basically, you rely on other people. And sometimes that can be a good thing because you have faith and you can trust other people. But another one, on the other hand, you know, you're, you know, relying on other people and you're not always dependent on yourself of doing things. And another one's romantic where you great about having perfect experiences, but then you might have the challenge of, you know, you're recklessly spending money because you're such a romantic, right? <laughs> and then, you know, another one is alchemist where you just have a total love-hate relationship with money, but at the same time, you can get really creative with how to bring it into your life. And then the seventh one, celebrity, you know, you basically, you spend money to look good and that can give you some good, you know, aspirational leadership qualities but on the other hand you you spend a lot of money to look good and sometimes that can get you in trouble that got me in trouble and then the last one is maverick where you at, at the same time you're willing to take risks and you know do some things and be bold and daring but at the same time you're taking those risks and you know things happen to you 
So there's eight different characterizations right there. And I take clients through a process that's where we basically find out which ones are closest to their habits and then also which ones they're least like that could actually be their personal development journey. And how could these eight characteristics help people establish a better relationship with money? Yeah, it basically helps you get an understanding of what, you know, where your habits might be and what, you know, what you're thinking about, what your priorities are in life. You know, there's really no wrong answer necessarily, but for example, my top one was nurturer. And I just found myself, you know, throwing money at all my problems just to get out of the way and taking care of people. And then I stopped taking care of myself in some ways. And before you know it, I, back when the time I had a lot of money and it kind of went away really quickly. You know, we have, one thing I had to learn, like being a nurturer is like figure out a way to care for other people by caring for myself and like find things that are other than money to help people with. That was my biggest challenge. Like, don't give people money, you know, help someone get a job, help somebody have an income opportunity, help them in some other kind of way that doesn't involve the money so that I'm not, you know, becoming a martyr. Yes, very, very well said. I think, especially I think when it comes to money, we have to be mindful of, you know, like what they say on the airplanes, put your own max, uh, oxygen mask on before helping someone else. And exactly. I, I think I think in some ways that's similar. I mean, I could definitely relate in that that sense that, you know, it, it, it's important to take care of oneself before taking care of someone else. Because if you don't do that, then you put yourself in a bad position and you're not able to bring your full self forward in order to help that person. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like somebody told me that um, wealth and health kind of rhyme and you can't make yourself sick enough to make sick people healthy. You can't make yourself poor enough to make poor people wealthy. You know, it's kind of an inside job in the end. And we have to realize that when our own cup is full and then, you know, that overflow, that cup can eventually create an infinite amount of abundance that we can actually use to do good in the world and take care of people. You know, it doesn't, even if you're, if you're really rich, not all the rich people are evil and greedy. They're, they're evil, greedy, horrible people at all income levels. Even yes. poor people who make poor decisions, you know, basically money magnifies who you are. It doesn't make you a bad person or a good person. It, you know, if you're a good person with more money, you're going to do more good things, you know? That's a really good point. And, and something I think everyone should keep in mind that having money and accumulating money doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. And I, I think to go what, off what you were saying before, I think, especially in the arts, there's this mindset of being the humble, struggling artist. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really serve anybody. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the people that you're with. And so given, given everything that, that we've talked about thus far in developing a relationship with money, to get, I guess, more uh, practical for those of our listeners who are like, oh, okay, like, I see what you're, you're talking about uh, in, you know, in a grander sense, but how, how can this sort of work, these exercises, understanding our habits and characterizations with money, how can that really help us with our finances? Yeah, basically helps you put it in its place and, you know, you not necessarily let it overwhelm you, but you really, it gives, puts you in a plan to, you know, kind of give yourself permission to earn. Most of my clients are entrepreneurs, basically, and, you know, entrepreneurs, especially when you're going into business for yourself for the first time and you're not used to asking for money, it's, it's, it can be hard. It's challenging. And you got to realize that, you're being of service and you're creating a value proposition that, you know, if you, you're, it's the right thing that they'll pay for if you're giving the right kind of service. And one book that I also talk about is the science of getting rich. And the author mentions that you just, 
you, if you're as long as you're giving people more in use value than what you're getting in cash value, you can charge whatever you want. So it can be a win-win situation for all. If you're helping them, you know, earn a lot more money or do whatever else, then you know you can take care of yourself too because you're, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So you got to you not be afraid to keep that mentality with you know your personal life too and your personal finances, where you have enough, you know, know that you're going to have enough to go around. Like what you're letting go of, it's going to come back to you and then some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you, you make some really good points about how it allows you this opportunity to plan things out and, and to really set a, a, a financial plan for yourself that could be both beneficial to you, your family, anyone that you're taking care of. And w- with all of that said too, I think that a, a part of the reason why people who are very wealthy have been stigmatized, whether it's in media or in, in real life, whatever it may be, is that sometimes, and I, I think that that people will actually fall into this trap where they they think solely about their the money at the expense of time with with family or friends or or you know they they have a hard time finding that balance and their life becomes all about work and all about money. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, just given your experience, especially working with entrepreneurs who most of the time they have to work very long hours, how, how can we prioritize money in our lives without the expense of time with family and loved ones? Yeah, sometimes it's actually a matter of less is more where you, when you're creating the right value opportunity, you don't necessarily need to work more because the right clients for you, when you find your ideal clients who really want to work with you, they're willing to give you grace if you know they realize you're a human as opposed to certain employers where if you're never clock if you don't clock in at nine o'clock every day you're fired kind of a thing but there's also you know there's there's a less is more aspect to it where if you're being of service and you're offering something that gives them what they need you don't necessarily have to work as hard and sometimes the clientele who pays more you know they they don't expect less but they know they're of the result that they're getting there's more certainty there and what have you found have been the best ways for people out there who perhaps they might be struggling with with finding clients? They're unsure whether the service they provide is something that is valuable. How how do you think that that people out there could could find something that will give them the opportunity to Earn, earn a good income while also having a, a good work-life balance? Yeah, part of it, you know, don't be afraid to look into where you are, what your skills are, what your abilities are, and how you can help other people. And there are other people out there that might, will pay you the right price for what you have to offer in that kind of way. So that's one thing to think about. And then, um, you know, remember that, can you, what kind of value proposition you have the world, because have to offer the world, because we all have things we can offer there's always something that the right people will pay for as long as they have a chance to know about you. And part of it's being afraid to put yourself out there. And, you know, especially when you're an entrepreneur, every, every business gets more no's than yeses. And sometimes when we're being entrepreneurs for the first time that we take those no's very personally, because usually we're reaching out to people we have personal connections with first. And sometimes it's not about the fact that you're offering the service, but sometimes there might be a very close friend that you might be able to help, but they don't, they're not used to seeing you in that light. So it's really nothing on you. It's nothing on them. It's nothing personal or anything. But part of it is, you know, keep doing enough knocking until you find the right people that you can actually help. And then before you know it, they're referring people to and referring other people. And, you know, it it can be like a vacuum where more and more, you know, stuff can come to you. So it's not being afraid to put yourself out there. 
Yes, I, th- I think that's such an important element to all of this is is really uh, allowing yourself to take that risk of, as you said, putting yourself out there so that you could then in that way experiment. You could do trial and error, see what's working, see what's not working. I, I think that it truly is by doing that you're going to get the feedback regarding okay, what, what service can I provide that is in line with my skills that people are going to see as valuable? Yeah. And also it's, we have to keep affirming to ourselves that it's easy, that money can come to me easily in life. Cause it sounds, you know, when you're used to working, you know, only from the time for money trade, where you're getting a crappy paying hourly wage, it's doesn't always feel like that, but we have to have that. We have to keep affirming that in our minds and remind ourselves that it can be easy but we're, we're often stuck in that time for money trade that came about from the industrial age that peaked back when, and we're only paid for the time as opposed to the actual value of the results we're giving. So we have to, you know, think the results I'm giving is worth such and such, and it's okay to charge and earn this much as a result of those results that, you know, I'm doing into the world. And I'm, I'm curious too, this is all such great information. And I, I hope that our listeners are really learning a lot from this conversation and how they could improve their relationship with money. And I'm wondering if you could speak to how improving our relationship with money could improve the relationships that we have with each other as well. How, how can, I, I guess, uh, whether it's earning a greater income or even just having a more positive mindset when it comes to money, how, how can that help us in other aspects of our lives? Yeah, the more we have, the more we can help people. And, you know, money is something that's meant to flow and be in circulation. And it's like, you know, the more good, the more we help other people, the more it comes back to us. So I always tell people like when they're doing their financial planning and so forth, at the very least, try and get in the habit of, you know, putting a saving, you know, 70%, only spending 70% and then using the remaining 30% to invest in yourself and then, or, and save some money for your future, but also, use money to help other people, whether it be through charities or other things, because, you know, money that flows is money that grows. And the more we're, the more that the money's in circulation, the more it can grow and help more people. It's really, it's an interesting statistic, or I can't remember exactly the dollar, the percentage, but every dollar that is put in a circulation to somebody who's actually going to spend it, you know, can actually like create like $6 after a few years in the economy when it gets, keep, keeps getting passed off to somebody else. Like you, you give that dollar to the regular worker, and then they pay it at the store and then that store pays the supplier and then that supplier pays the vendor and you know it just goes on and on and so but it's when we hoard money and we keep it you know stashed away under the bed that money doesn't do anything yes uh <laughs> it's you know i i love how simple and concise that you put it because it, it really is it, i think that sometimes we ha- we have this tendency to make money very complex and our understanding of it very complex with how it works. But I love how you presented it as something that's simple and that it is, it, you know, it really is just a matter of how we look at it. And then also the value that we're bringing into this world through our skill sets that will allow money to, to come to us more easily. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, what's really interesting. It's still, I'm, I'm still trying to grasp how to explain it sometimes, but it's not really, some, we're, most of us are raised and to think that we're still on the gold standard in a way where we're still actually trading gold for things. And, you know, that was gone in the, back in the seventies. 
and you know it's kind of money's really a consciousness kind of thing where it's not or it's kind of a spirit sort of thing where it's you know more or less you know it's not about a finite you know you know it's not the piece of paper the the actual paper that represents it you know by itself means nothing but it's you know what the money means and basically we got to trust that you know it's kind of, because it's spirit it can keep on growing and multiplying and so forth because we're creating more and more value in our economy and around the world so it's kind of like the gdp keeps you know growing and in some ways you know the more with the like think about the iphone for example where would we be like imagine how much money would not be in the world right now if we didn't have the iphone you know right or, yeah or something so it's like the economy keeps on growing things keep on developing and new value propositions keep on coming up and in some respects it's almost as if the government has to quote print the money unquote to kind of represent that extra value that's out in the economy that we're not you know taken into account of so it's one aspect we don't always think about yeah absolutely absolutely well Brian, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time to join us on the Relate podcast today. I was jotting down so many notes uh, with, with everything that you were saying, and I have no doubts that our listeners have, have learned a lot from this episode, that they're going to be able to go out in their lives and just look at money differently and figure out, okay, well, what can I bring to the table that is different from what I have been doing? How can I really develop a positive relationship with money. So, you know, I not only appreciate you taking the time to join me on the show, but really appreciate the work that you're doing as well. Thank you. Yeah, money is, it's, we, we have to give ourselves permission to earn more because the more we have, the more good we can do in the world and it can be a renewable resource. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could share with us where our listeners could find out more information about you and your work. Yeah, my website is thelucrativeartist.com as all one word and um, facebook.com slash thelucrativeartist. I'm also on Instagram slash thelucrativeartist. So I basically, I, I provide business and leadership coaching to people in the arts to help them with their mindset around money, to grow their sales skills and figure out what they're most meant to sell. Because the skill, if you have the skill of selling, you can basically, you're, once you master that skill, you can do, you. that's almost the key to financial freedom in a lot of ways. You don't have to worry about any other jobs or what the economy is like. If, you, if you're able to do a sale, then you can, you know, bring money into your life pretty easily. So I help people with that. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to those resources in our show notes. So listeners out there, all you have to do is click those links in the show notes and it will bring you right to all of Brian's amazing resources. Uh, Brian, before we head out, I just have one last question for you. How can we as a society better relate to one another? You know, not be afraid to give and help and just know that, it, you know, their trust that karma will bring back to you. You know, even if you don't know who's going to bring the help back to you, it's always, you know, going to keep on help, keep it on it. You know, the more we give, the more we get. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.